Welcome to episode 12. We are talking about what really matters. Have you been distracted by this world? Have you been distracted by the things around you, the people around you, the things that are going on in the world? Well, we got to get to the point to where we are not distracted. We remember about what really matters. What really matters is our relationship with Jesus. That's the only thing we're taking with us to heaven. And of course, the people around us, do they know Jesus? Because y'all, we've got to get to know him so we can let everybody around us know that what really matters is our relationship with God and taking our relationship with him to other people so that they can spend eternity in heaven with God. So tonight, I want to talk about what really matters, and I want you guys to help me just engage with me as we talk about what really matters, because this world has got so much going on that we can simply very easily forget about what really matters. Matters. One of the, my favorite hymns in the old, I grew up in the, I grew up Baptist, and so we had the hymnals when we were growing up, but one of my favorite hymns growing up was, excuse me for a second, <coughs> I've still got this nagging cough that I had last week, but it's not as bad, so just bear with me. Um, one of my favorite um, hymns was Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. You ever heard that? You want me to sing it? Haley's over there going, no. So, but it, the, the, the lyrics were, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So this is what I'm talking about tonight is I believe that so many of us have gotten our eyes on the things of this world and we need to get our eyes back on Jesus so the things of this world will grow dim and we'll remember what this world it, what, what this life is all about. Like I said, tonight we do have a special guest I'll be bringing on here in a little while. Mason Woodall will be in the house tonight. He'll be coming on live with us, and it's going to be exciting to bring the first guest on here at BGTV. So stay tuned because he's going to be coming in talking, but uh, making sure that we are not distracted and talking about what really matters. Y'all, eternity is real. I love saying that quote there, just eternity is real. Say that with me. Eternity is real. This is not our eternal home. This is not where, so if this is not our eternal home, then we don't need to be focused on making sure everything is just so perfect here. We've got to begin to store up things in heaven. We've got to begin to make sure the people around us know who Jesus is so they'll be spending um, eternity with us and with Jesus in heaven. So eternity is real. You will spend eternity in the presence of God or you will spend eternity without the presence of God. You know what, what makes hell hell? Simply this is just the absence of God's presence. The absence of God's presence is what makes hell hell because God is life and God is love and God is joy. He's peace. He's happiness. He's, he's everything good. And so when God is not in a place, all the good things are gone. And so that's why that tonight when we're talking about what really matters, the first thing that really matters is to make sure that you know Jesus. Now, there's a difference in knowing about Jesus and then knowing Jesus. 
<coughs> Excuse me. So let's take it like this. So I went to one of the uh, golf tournaments, to the Masters tournament, or to the U.S. Open. I went to the U.S. Open back in 2009, and I saw Tiger Woods, man, right there, just face-to-face, -face, five feet from him as he was hitting his shot. But see, I know who Tiger Woods is because I know, well, I know who he is. I know who he is because of social media, because of TV, because of magazines, because of so many people talking about him around me. But I don't know him personally, and he doesn't even know I exist. He doesn't even know that I'm here in Birmingham, Alabama. So I can know about Tiger Woods, but if I don't know him, I'm not going to get into his circle and sit at his tables and play golf with him and those type of things, right? I'm not going to live in his home well, this is the same way that's happening to a lot of people today. They've heard so many people talk about Jesus. They've heard them talk about him at church. They heard their grandparents or their parents talk about Jesus. They've heard about Jesus from the Bible or from stories or from social media or from TV, from magazines. But my question to you tonight is, do you know Jesus? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? <coughs> If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, then that's what we need to talk about. That's what matters most of all. Y'all, it doesn't matter how much you know about him if you don't know him. I want to show a verse that kind of brings this into light. Matthew chapter 7, okay, this is verse 23. It says, Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Let's set up this verse. So this verse comes on the scene, Matthew chapter 7. <coughs> there is a whole group of people that come on the scene and they go, Lord, Lord. They call Jesus Lord, Lord. And the, the Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, not do what I say? And they call him Lord, Lord, expecting to get into heaven. But he says, hey, only those who do the will of my Father will be the ones that get into heaven. And then he says, that depart from me, you evildoers. Why? Look at this word it says right here in verse 23. It says, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. The key word there is new. No, you have got to know Jesus. These people, if you go read it in Matthew chapter 7, they, it says that they were preaching in Jesus' name. They were casting out demons in Jesus' name, <coughs> but they didn't know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, man, that's what I'm talking about right there. You may not make it in. You won't make it in if you don't know him. That's why we got to go make sure before all, let's get down to the foundation. What really matters? Do you know him or do you just know about him because people are talking so much about him all over but do you actually know him? That's what matters more than anything. Are you going to be one of those people at the gate that expect to get in, but Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. Let's move on to number two, what really matters. I see you, Joshua Priestley, all the way from Bahamas tonight. The legend is watching from the cruise ship in the Bahamas Tell the Bahamas, I said, hey, you know, that's where we went on our honeymoon. Me and Haley went on our honeymoon. We got to stay for all of a day because Hurricane Irene came in. Unbelievable. So, Josh, I hope you and Sharon have a better trip than me and Haley did. But uh, thank you for everything. Hope you guys have a great trip there in Bahamas. What really matters? Number two, what really matters is do your loved ones know Jesus? Let's just stop right there, y'all. You know what? I've got family 
Haley's got family. You got family. You got neighbors. I got neighbors. I got friends. You got friends. The people that we love the most, let's just pause for a moment. Our cars don't matter. Our house don't matter. Our bank account don't matter. Y'all, these things in our life do not matter. What matters is do our loved ones know Jesus? Not do they know about him. I've quoted a verse to them. I've actually invited them to church. Great, that's a start. But do they know Jesus? Y'all, this is the most important thing on this planet, and we've got to be reminded of what really matters. There's been times when we will weep for our families, pray for our families. We've got to get back to the point to where we weep, where we pray for our loved ones that are not saved, that don't know Jesus. Y'all, Jesus is getting ready to come back. This world is coming to an end and we have got to begin to be bold as a lion and go out there and tell those people that we know that Jesus loves them and that they need to have a relationship with him if they're going to make it in Heaven. This is a verse that we must read and we must take it to, to um, heart. Jesus says, Jesus answered, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Nobody we know will get to heaven unless they have a relationship with Jesus. Not that they know him, not, I mean, not, not that, that they know about him, you must know him. You must invite him into your heart. You must have a personal relationship with him. You must get to know. I mean, I speak to God every day. I have a relationship with Jesus. I talked to him this morning. I talked to him just five minutes before I came on here. Do you have a relationship? Because that's the people. I'm telling you all, the requirements to get into heaven is not that we say a prayer. It's that we have a personal relationship with Jesus. Heaven is Jesus' home. Our, the way you get into the home is you marry Jesus. I say this all the time, but I love it. When Haley walked down the aisle to me, she put a ring on my finger, and she said a vow to become my bride. And guess what? She got to move into my home. You know what? That's the, that's the gospel. We don't just walk the aisle and say a prayer. We walk the aisle, we make a vow to Jesus, and we get rid of everything else in this world. And we say, Jesus, you're my bridegroom. I'm in love with you. I'm getting rid of all the other lovers of this world, and I am in love with you. I have a relationship with you. So do your loved ones. <coughs> do your loved ones have a relationship with Jesus? It's our responsibility as believers to make sure the loved ones around us have a relationship with Jesus. So write, write down right now. Write it down. Is there people that um, in your life right now that you love with all your heart, but you're not sure they have a relationship with Jesus? Guess what? As you as a response, you have that responsibility. <coughs> you have that responsibility to make sure that um, they know Jesus. Okay? That's our responsibility as Christians to make sure that they know Jesus. So number three, 
What is the number three thing that what really matters? Number three is the way you live your life on this earth really matters. How you represent God and represent his kingdom with your life here on this earth, your character, your integrity, the way you walk out the ways of God. Are you walking in the ways of God? This really does matter. You know what? We're going to take what we have to heaven with us. We're going to walk in integrity and character all the way into heaven. <coughs> what you, how you walk on this earth really matters because we are the rep representation of Jesus and his kingdom on this earth. And so many people think, well, I can just say a prayer. I can block into heaven. And then you know what? I'm just going to go to be with I'm going to go with God for all of eternity. Everything's going to be good. No, Jesus asked us to get rid of this world, to get rid of all the other lovers in this world, to go after him with all our heart, soul, mind and strength, to live on this earth with all that we have to show people that we are the salt. We are the light of this world. And we're to, to show people and, and do good deeds to glorify our father in heaven. You way you live your life in this earth it really matters. It's not about just finding Jesus, saying a prayer, and then going to heaven. That's not Christianity. Christianity is coming into a personal relationship with Jesus as his bride. You have vowed to follow him and to walk in his ways. What are his ways? Open up the Bible. Read it. You will begin to find the ways of God. Walk in the ways of God, and then you will be just being a representation of Jesus in this earth. Number four, what it does really matter in this life. Number four, you're going to give an account for every word you've spoken and every deed that you have done. You're going to give an account when Jesus comes back. So how you live your life really does matter because you're going to give an account. So your life matters. You're going to give an account. You know, when you go to uh, work at a job, everything you do, you're, you have to give an account for everything you do. You're going to give an account for your life. Yes, Jesus' blood covers your sin. When you walk into heaven, you're 100% righteous. But what you did on this earth with the life you've been given, understand that life itself is a talent. Jesus says, I'm giving you these talents, and you must multiply them. You must multiply them, steward them well, so that you can walk this life out. Um, and, and, and he, he, life itself is a talent. What you're doing with the life he's given you, breath, health, the wisdom, knowledge, the, the, where you actually live on this globe, it really matters. All these things are talents, and we're going to be responsible for the talents that God's given us and how we lived them here on this life. So you're going to be given account. I love this verse. It just right here in Revelation 22, verse 12, it says, Look, this is Jesus talking. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. Listen to that verse. Let it sink in. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. This is Jesus. These are the last words he spoke to us in the Bible. He wanted to make sure that we understood as believers that how we walk on this earth, what we do with our lives, what we say out of our mouths matters and that we will give an account for that when we get to heaven, when we're walking in eternity. Y'all, what really matters is 
what you do with your life. Jesus says, I'm coming with my payroll. I'm coming to reward you for what you've done with your life. It's not about just walking an aisle, saying a prayer, locking yourself into heaven so you don't have to go to hell. No, Jesus is coming and he's going to reward you for what you have done on this earth. The last thing, one of the last things he said in the Bible. So that's how we know that living this life really matters. The last thing I would say that really matters before we bring on our guest tonight. The last thing, number five, does the rest of the world know Jesus? As we begin to follow Jesus and we're following him and there's something stirs in our heart that our loved ones know Jesus and then the rest of the world knows Jesus. When you begin to follow Jesus, disciples follow Jesus right into the place where he ascended into heaven. And then right before he ascended into heaven, the last thing that he said to his disciples was this. In Matthew chapter 28, it says this right here. So let me see. Uh, here we go. Matthew chapter 28. Somebody go up there and say, Matthew chapter 28 is what? What's it called? What is it called? It's called the Great Commission. So um, I want you to see that. I'm, trying to, I'm having trouble bringing it up. Sorry. Here it, com- here it comes. Here we go. Uh, Actually, you know what? I didn't put a slide. That's why. So I'll just quote it to you. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Wow. That's the last thing that Jesus said to us is that we must go into all the world, make disciples, baptize them, teach them to know everything that God's commanded us. And Jesus says he's going to be with us through the end of the age. Y'all, I'm telling you right now that this really matters. We've got to remember that the neighbors around us, our loved ones, people we work with, they're going to spend eternity in heaven or in hell. They're going to spend eternity with Jesus or without Jesus. And it's our responsibility to, as Christians and followers to tell them about Jesus. You, you can invite them to church. That's great. But we got to get back to the point where we tell them about Jesus at work, at home, at our family parties, at the ballpark, at the gas station. We got to get that boldness and that confidence back to tell people about Jesus outside the walls, because this is what this is true revival, y'all. When we're telling about Jesus, telling people about Jesus everywhere we go. That's what it's all about is going outside the wall. So tonight we're going to transition because I'm talking about therefore going to make disciples. We're going to be talking, me and Mason, we went to a, on a trip to Peru last year. We'll be talking about that and his trip that he just got back on. So tonight I want you to put your hands together for Mason What up? What's up, my brother? Hey, How you, you doing, hear me? my can man? You hear me? I can hear you. I can, can hear you. Man, you're looking uh, good, God. man. Looking good. Looking good, my brother. Man, it's going to be a great night. Thanks for coming on here tonight. I want you guys to put your hands together for Mason. Look at that, that applause. Oh, that applause. The, the crowd man, is going wild The right crowd now. is going wild for Mason. What I'll do. It's such an honor to have you on here tonight. And uh, I'll, if for those that you don't know Mason, um, I want you to know this right here. Look at this. He is one of the best ukulele hey. players. He can play the ukulele. He's the best hey. ukulele player this side of the Mason-Dixon line. I'm doing weddings. 
You're doing weddings. So if you need Mason at the wedding playing the ukulele, you need to bring him on because he will serenade you. Man, I'm telling you what, it's unbelievable. Also, though, Mason, if you didn't know, he is a movie star. He starred in oh, a yeah. movie. He starred in a movie called Woodlawn right here. He starred with these guys oh, right yeah. here. Caleb Castile, all the guys, man, the guy that played even on uh, – man, look at that, man. That's just uh, Look at this right here. This is Mason. He was in that movie right there. Him, that's my boy Micah Collum. Uh, there was a couple of guys, Keaton Jones, Christian Collum. There's a bunch of those guys out there that I were on the, this uh, movie. Backup fullback. Backup fullback. That's what I'm talking about. Look at 32, backup fullback. This is him right here in the movie, running out in the movie, right there at Legion Field. Uh, if you had not watched Woodlawn, go check it out. It's about a revival that took place here in Birmingham right here in Legion Field. But Mason got to be a part of that movie. He is a movie star, oh, yeah. man. So that, that That's pretty cool, man. I just wanted to bring you – I had to bring a movie star on for the first guest here at BGTV. So that's hey, what I'm talking I'm about. I'm honored. Yeah, man. Well, it is an honor to have you on here. And you just got back from a, tri a, a mission trip to Peru, right? Oh, yeah. We got back, uh, I think it was two weeks ago. Two and weeks ago. And, man, it ago. was awesome. Tell me just a little bit about that, man. Oh, man. So, you know, uh, it was different from last year when we went. It was uh, this year we went to the jungle and it was uh, we went deep and the, the whole terrain was just mountains and the mountains would come down into a river. There was like no flat areas. Wow. Beautiful. And there's just villages way, way back in there. And uh, man, we just we seen a lot of salvations, a lot of we gave out a lot of blankets and shoes to kids and seen a lot of healings wow and it was just awesome man well we'll talk about some more of those healings here in just a moment so you went this year <coughs> with the group ronald c ministries um it's awesome out of solid rock church it's been awesome man to just be a part of that but uh last year me and you and haley got to go and this is a picture of us from last year uh right there a Machu Picchu, right there that's one of the seven wonders of the world y'all Look at that oh, yeah. back there. I mean, look at that. Those back there in the background. That the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful sights I've ever seen in my life. Those people got to build that on top of the mountain. That's why it's called one of the uh, seven wonders of the world. But that was an awesome trip. That's one of the highlights we got to go there and just see a tourist attraction. But the highlights was what we actually happened when we were out in the villages uh, with the people. But let's go back for just a moment. Last year, I, I had felt by the Lord that I was supposed to go on this mission trip. And I was telling you and Haley, man, y'all got to go with me. And Haley was like, no, nah, I'm not oh, going. Yeah. And then you were like, no, nah, I'm not feeling it. And, but you said you kept <laughs> fighting it. And um, then one day we were out playing d disc golf, frisbee golf. And I was talking about it. And you looked at me and you said, man, um, I just feel like I'm supposed to go. I'm fighting my flesh. And I know if I'm fighting my flesh that I'm supposed to go. And you surrendered yeah. right to God right there on the Frisbee golf course and uh, right there on hole 11 and trustful. And you said, call them right now. Tell them I'm going. And then I jumped on the phone yeah. and called them. And, and why you were had that moment where you surrendered and we went there, man, and went to Peru. Talk, talk about that, um, you know, because when you go on a mission for God, sometimes you have to fight flesh. Talk about your journey there, surrendering to God. Yeah, especially that first time you don't have – the slightest idea how a mission trip's going to go and what you're going to go through. And like you said, like we went to those meetings and he talked about it and you just, 
you try to talk yourself out of it or act like maybe God has something else for you around the same time that that trip's supposed to go. But deep down, it's like, you know, when you're fighting your flesh and I was able-bodied already, you know, some people have to save up money. I had the money all ready to go. Big ball. And I was just like, come on. There's just, come on. A lot of gutters getting cleaned out here. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I was just like, man, there's just no reason for me to fight it. Cause you know, these people, these people need blankets, shoes, and yeah. there's just no reason for me to talk myself out of it. Come on, come on. And you just fought the, you fought through your flesh and said, I'm going to go. And man, that was an awesome life-changing trip. But one of the things oh, that yeah. you wanted to see on that trip is you wanted to see a miracle, like a full-blown miracle that yeah. you read in the Bible. And we were talking to Ronald C. who was taking us and you were saying, man, I want to see a miracle. And, and Ronald C. prophesied to you, said, you're not only going to see one, you're going to be someone that God administers a miracle through. And so yeah. I want you to talk about, so we go to Peru last year and talk about your journey your, the, of, of praying for healing and praying for healing over people. Talk about that journey. Well, you know, that was my biggest desire because at this point in my life, I never seen it, never uh, experienced it with my own eyes. And that was my biggest desire to go down there, honestly. And, you know, at the time, it's like, it's like, man, I got to like, as it gets closer, it's like, man, I got to sin less. I got to get close to God, you know, so I can operate in this. Right. And uh, honestly, I, we go down there and, you know, I'm kind of walking out of a, a darker season of my life trying to come out of it. And so we go down there and, you know, Ronald C., talks about how we're supposed to pray for the because you know there's the message and the salvation yeah, yeah, prayer yeah. And then the yeah. prayer of faith right and he tells us how uh we should start the prayer of faith and then we can just take over from there and you know that day uh i seen we seen all these miracles and all these people coming up talking about healings and you know the people who who would pray it's like uh bob he's just an hvac guy or yeah. Kelly, she works at pharmacy. It's just regular people. Like it's right. not these big time ministers. Come on. And uh, they all went out and they would just pray the prayer of faith. And these people would come up with these crazy testimonies about how they got healed. And that very first day, I was just like, I've seen it. And I was just like, man, I'm, I'm ready to go up myself and do the prayer of faith. And wow. Uh, that last, you know, that last uh, village we went to on the very first day, uh, and it was like the biggest village. I was, yeah. you know, I'm supposed to get the most testimonies right here. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I do the prayer of faith and, you know, after you do the prayer of faith, we'll ask anybody to come up for testimonies and it's yeah. like, nobody came up Oh man. and I was, I was like just torn up in my spirit. I was just like, crushed. man, I'm just crushed. I'm too, I'm too <laughs> simple of a man, you know, Yeah. Or I'm just not good enough. Mm. And I was just mm. under the weight of that lie. And, uh, yeah, that first day I was like, even as good as the day was when that day ended, I was just crushed. I was like, wow, I can't believe that just happened after everything else that happened today. Right. And so, so you had a moment where you were praying for healing and nothing happened. So I think a lot of us have been there. We've all been like, well, can God use me? You know, and uh, you were watching God use, um, ordinary people and you're like, what's wrong with me? And so you, um, so the next day we go back out and then Ronald, we get to another village and Ronald asked you again, that he said he wanted you to do the prayer of healing for this village, this entire village. There's probably in this village, I'd say 
200 people or more out there, maybe yeah. 300 um, people out there. And so you come up to this village and what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What'd you experience? You know, uh, obviously I was nervous because I'm like, what if it happens again? You know, and uh, but this time there was more of a, a calmness that came over me. And it's just the, the Holy Spirit just kind of quickened me to just <coughs> focus on the people and just having a heart. Uh, let me move out of the way that lamp's there. Yeah. Just to have a heart uh, to see the people healed, you know, and and just trust that it's that God is the one who who uh, releases the healing or not. Come it's on. not up to Come me. On. That's right. And, uh, you know, and it's like no matter how unworthy I thought I was, it's like these people need to be healed and it's not it. Their healing should be based on how well I am as a Christian. Right. And so the Lord kind of released that lie off of me. Come on. And so I prayed prayer of faith. I just did it the same way as I did the first day. Right. And uh, this time there were so many testimonies. And the first guy that came up, he, he, he showed us a miracle that happened in his back. And dude, when he was testifying about it, I just I broke down because it was like I said, it was my first time just partnering, partnering with God. Wow. Come on. Come on, Jesus. It, it crushed me. Come on, Jesus, man. I, you know what? I've got a picture of that guy that came up. Y'all check this out right here. This man came up. Now, look, he's bent over. He can't straighten his back, can't straighten his back in years. And he's bent over. And this is before the he comes up for prayer. And after Mason prays for him and asks for God to heal him, look what God did right here. Boom. Straight up. Ooh. That man stood up straight hey. for the first time in years. Come on, let's give God a round of applause right there, man. That's God awesome. is still moving. Miracles still happen, and they happen through the hands of regular, ordinary people like you and me. Someone that cleans gutters, works at the pharmacy, sells golf carts, sells insurance, whatever it may be, man. God can still move through every one of us. You know, uh, another testimony in that same village that moved me to tears was behind, I don't think it's the lady behind him, but there was a lady behind him in the line that she said that she was fighting. She was fighting uh, to come that day. She wasn't going to come, but she said her whole body was hurting and her whole body had been hurting for years, like just chronic pain and all her muscles and everywhere, but she fought to come because she didn't even believe in God. But when she got there and she said the prayer of salvation and invited Jesus into her heart and became a part of the bride of Jesus, she said that the fire of God came all over her body and that she was instantly healed and all the pain was gone. Man, I was fired up. That's what I'm talking about. Isn't that fire? That was, like I said, dude, after that village and all the testimonies, I was ready to run through a mountain for the for God. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, man. Running through I a mountain for God. I want to come back home and put my hands on everybody. That's it. That's it. And that's what we got to get to the point. That's what this podcast tonight is about. What really matters? How can we take the gospel, the power of the gospel in salvation, the power of gospel in healing, and remember that those people around us right now, man, all around us, our loved ones, our coworkers, everybody, they need that here right now in America. And we can walk across the street and pray for healing. You don't have to do it just when you're on a mission trip. And that's what I want. I think that's what God wants us to see here 
in America. We can bring the power of God here if we'll just be bold. One of my favorite moments that happened for us was uh, after that, we went to... Um, uh, it was just me and you, Pastor Larry, Ronald C., a couple other guys, just a handful of us. We got to invited to go to a house there in Peru. It was just a house where this lady was laying on her deathbed. She had cancer, and we went into the home, and I was just blown away. This is a little small little home. It just I felt like I was walking into a Bible setting. We walked yeah. into the little home, and the lady's laying over in the corner on a on a, a mat or a mattress, and um, you could tell she was just fighting back death. And right there, uh, Ronald C. asked you to pray for her. You prayed healing over her, commanded cancer to leave her body. Pastor Larry, uh, we found out he came down and prayed for demonic spirits to leave her body. And we got to watch demonic spirits leave her. And we got to watch salvation come over her. She was there, you know, just yeah. laying there lifeless and dead and had like a bitter look on her face. But when we prayed for her, we and, and, and demons left and healing came over and salvation came into her body. She sat up and she was smiling. And we watched the I power know. of God go into that house. That was a powerful moment. But all that was going on and laying, whew, I'm going to tear up. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Um, laying beside, <laughs> I can't help it. Laying beside her in another bed, right beside her, was this little boy right here. Oh, Jesus, man, I'm just looking at him. Um, man, it brings to I'm gonna try to talk without, um, without crying. But let me tell you, <laughs> I'm Haley's crying, I'm crying, we're all crying over here. Oh, this kid, he was like six, seven years old. He couldn't walk. He could barely use his hands. But somehow he had already received one of the, the gospel tracts we'd given out that was the children's one where he could flip the pages and see pictures of Jesus and pictures of Jesus like walking the earth and then die on the cross and then resurrecting. And he was just, he kept looking at me and he was holding the book and he couldn't turn the pages good because his hands didn't work. And I remember just praying that God would heal him and um, but I was turning the pages for him and reading the gospel to him. And I'd never seen someone smile so big that that kid, that this was a highlight in his life, that someone he didn't know that came from another country came into his home and was talking to him and praying over him and giving him attention. And the joy that he had on his face wrecked me. Like it literally yeah. wrecked me because I was like, I get so caught up in first world problems back here in America. What car do I have? What clothes am I wearing? I got a stain on my shirt. You know, like what in the world are we talking about? And this kid yeah. had more joy than I'd ever seen. And he couldn't walk. His hands hardly worked. He was wanted to turn the pages. And every time I walked away to go to the back of the room, he kept going, uh, he couldn't even talk either. And he wanted me to come back over there. And I'd go back over there and I was praying over him and reading. And y'all, I was I was a weeping mess. I walked out of that house and he's like, what's wrong? And I said, I, I don't know. I just had an encounter with Jesus and, and this little boy. I didn't even yeah. know how to explain it, you know. But that little boy, we prayed over him, prayed healing over him. We prayed that God would heal him. And one day he'd be walking those streets proclaiming the gospel. And I believe it, man. I really believe it to this day. I believe that God's going to heal that little boy. He's going to proclaim, he's gonna proclaim um, to Jesus 
uh, to everybody in the in the village what Jesus had did for him. And so that was like my favorite moment um, in the world. So if you're struggling with yeah. joy in your life right now, just think about there's people all around this world that have nothing and uh, it'll help you re- remember what you do have here in America. So that was one of my favorite moments. Um, let's see here. Let's also talk about your, I like to call it your penthouse moment. <laughs> Mason. It was a penthouse. A penthouse moment. I see you, Cody Blackwood, man. I see you on there, buddy. He's one of my, man, I love that guy. Let's hang out soon. But Mason, let's talk about our penthouse, your, your penthouse moment. So in the Peru trip, we gone village to village to village, night after night, hadn't had a shower. And all of a sudden, Ronald says, hey, there's a town up here that has a hotel and they have vacancies and we're going to get to spend the night in the hotel. And we're all like, yes, praise God. we're like praising <laughs> Jesus. Like, going praise wild. God. yes, we're going to get a shower when we get there. And they had a couple of hotel rooms <coughs> and we all go off and partner. And Ronald C had put you in your own room at the top of the yeah. hotel by yourself. And I was like, man, this guy's just going up there with his own little vacation. So I was scared at first. You were scared at first. That was funny. You're like in a room by yourself in a foreign country. I thought I remember that. But that night you went to bed. The next morning, though, you woke up and explained to us. Talk talk to us about the encounter you have with God. Man, so, you know, uh, at night and in the morning, it gets uh, really cold. Just to explain the, the penthouse situation, it gets really cold at night. And even in the mornings, it's cold. Yes. Well, where my room was and where the window was, the sun came up and it just perfectly shined into my window and it, it warmed up my room. Come and on. At this, at this point in the trip, like, uh, you have to have like two layers of clothes on just to go to sleep. And when the sun hit my room, I was like, I was like, man, it feels like room temperature in here. I was like down, I was like shirtless, just wearing some PJs. And it's just yeah. hot. And, uh, wow. Jealous. But it was also it was like a it was like a Thursday morning and <coughs> you know at this point we've been going hard uh, in the villages for like three or four days and yeah we're all together and we're together twenty four seven at this point but this was the first time uh, during the trip where I was just alone and I can just reflect wow, wow. on everything that was going on and uh, mm. I threw on some worship music and I started I just started bawling like a baby and come on I was just staring out the window and I just came to this conclusion, like, like, or I just, this revelation of how like distracted I've been in my life. And mm. like you were saying, just getting caught up on everything and just mm. not realizing what really matters. And, uh, you know, what really matters is, uh, just loving God and loving people as the two greatest commandments. Mm, and, uh, that was just like, that whole trip was just like this beautiful, reset I needed in my life and just mm. knowing like, man, I just need to come back to the cross. I just need to come back to my senses come and on. just believe and know that like we were talking about earlier about the the void in our hearts. The only thing that fills the void in our hearts is just loving God and loving people. And the more That's we it. do it, the more that hole is filled. And yes. it was just what I realized. And I was born like a baby, man, because it, <laughs> it was just like I was thinking about that trip and everything that happened. And, I, and it yep. was just a beautiful moment. It was, and I came up there to get you because we were going to leave, and we're like, where's Mason? He's up in the penthouse <laughs> doing his thing. And I got up there, opened the door, and you were crying. And I was like, what's going on? I could tell. Well, first I walked in the room, and I felt the presence of God, and I saw you were crying, and I was like, 
what's going on in here? I was instantly jealous. I was like, <laughs> what's going on in here? A, what? a moment with God. He's like on the mountain of Sinai with Jesus. And I'm like trying to get to the van. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I said, what, what's going on? And you said, yeah. man, you said, wait till you get along with the Lord and start worshiping. I, you, you, he's going to wreck you. And then you just stopped and you yeah. looked out there and the sun rays are coming down over the mountain. And you said, Brad, I just realized nothing else matters. Nothing yeah. else matters but sharing the gospel of Jesus, helping people around me. And dude, you had, I'm talking a pivotal moment you'll never forget in your walk with God. And that's why I named this podcast tonight that what really matters is because that moment you had Man, it wrecked me when you said that. I just wanted to go out in the village and tell everybody about Jesus. I wanted to come home and tell everybody about Jesus, make sure everybody's prepared to meet Jesus. Man, I was just fired up. And so that moment you had with God, it really changed me. I know it changed you. And um, it was yeah. an awesome, awesome moment. One of the last things I want to talk about um, before we go off tonight was um, just real quickly, before you went on this trip, you were struggling with depression really bad. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, Talk about know, there's that. People that. There's people that really struggle with depression. And, you know, there, I wouldn't say I was maybe clinically diagnosed with it. But uh, there was a, a period in my life where it was just like, I just, I remember coming home from the beach like a month before the Peru trip. And I just, I hated the fact that I was coming home. Because yeah. I was just like, man, I'm going back to my life, and I just everything about my life right now just sucks, right, <laughs> basically. Right, and I just had nothing to live for, and I was trying to walk out of that uh, to get ready for the Peru trip, and I was just I wasn't even fully really out of it uh, when we got to Peru, right? And so, but man, so that you trip were walking really... in some deep depression, and um, but you were telling me about how. God had helped started walking you through that and how you were coming on this trip and you were beginning to see that nothing else matters. And, and then there was this moment, one of the last days we went to a village and this picture right here with you and Haley praying over this lady, I think her name was Victoria actually. And she came down the mountain. We were about to leave, but she came down the mountain. She saw us. I'm going to start crying again. My goodness. She came down the mountain and she said that she, um, she was very, very depressed and she was very sad. She used the word sad, actually. And she said she was really yeah. sad because when COVID came and attacked their country, that her family went to the city, went, came off the mountain, went to the city and left her up on the mountain all by herself. And so she had this great sadness, this great depression that came over her. Explain to me what happened when you bent down to pray over this woman. Yeah, I, uh, I bent down to pray, and she was, you know, like you said, she was telling us all about what happened. And I happened to be like pretty close to her when she started talking about depression, and I just felt like it was good for me to pray for, uh, just because yeah. I'm trying to walk out of it myself. Right. And so I like, like that picture. I bent down and I grabbed her hand and I, before I could even get going, I'm just I'm bawling like a baby. Mm. And because uh, I'm I'm thinking of uh, the depression I was going through and it just it uh, released a uh, 
just a, a crazy amount of compassion for wow. her. Wow. And uh, in that moment, I've always thought, you know, God will just infuse people with compassion or, yeah. or with power to do something like that. But it was just like in that moment, I learned that I, I struggled with it so bad that I wanted it out of her life. Come on. So bad. God, come on. And uh, that's when I was just crying so bad. And, uh, you know, I, after I, I was able to compose myself, we prayed for it and we prayed the depression to go away. And uh, when I was done, she got up and, and she said uh, that she just she felt like it was gone. She said she feels happy. Wow. And that she can go back to her home with joy. And I oh was my just. Oh, goodness. That, that is trip, man. You know. <laughs> absolutely amazing. Here's what. I took out of that is when you got down to pray for her and you literally started crying before you prayed and you came back and told me afterwards, you said, Brad, God, uh, um, as he pulled me out of all my depression and I walked through all of that, now I have a deeper compassion for so many other people that are in depression and you wanted that depression to leave her because you knew how bad it feels. So, you know what, maybe you're yeah. out there tonight and you're caught up in depression you know what? Mason has gone through it and he's come out of it. He's helped pray people out of it. And um, I really want him to end tonight by just praying for whatever you want to pray for, Mason. But I also want you to pray for tonight for people who out there who are depressed, from people that may be depressed and you're looking for that great sadness to leave that G Jesus can fill you with joy. The Holy Spirit can enter in and bring love, joy, and peace. And so, Mason, with that compassion that you've developed through walking through that darkness, I just want you to begin to pray over the people out there tonight as we begin to end. So I want you just to go ahead when you feel led. Just begin to pray whatever you feel led, buddy. Okay. Lord, first, I just want to thank you uh for this night with my friend Brad and just talking about Peru and uh, just being reminded of it. Uh, secondly, now, Lord, I just, I release the Holy Spirit over anybody that's listening to this video right now that's struggling with depression or struggling with offense or bitterness or unhappiness in their life. Uh, I just release the Holy Spirit into their, their bodies, into their minds right now to push out the, the tormenting spirits uh, in their mind and in their life and to take uh, ground, to take foundation of their life, Lord, and just Holy Spirit, fill the room with your presence right now and with your peace and just make yourself known to them, make your love known to them, God, uh, that you're for them and that you always want to show compassion and that you're not mad. Uh, whatever that depression led to any other sins, Lord, that you're not mad at them. And that you're you're for them and that your desire in this moment is to push out that that depression so holy spirit we thank you for what you're doing we thank you for your healing power uh and i just pray healing over anybody right now lord that's uh that needs it i release that healing uh holy spirit over their bones over their muscles over their hearts over any cancer over any disease or infirmity holy spirit push it out right now in Jesus name heal the body right now in Jesus name uh, we thank you for everything and we praise your your name Jesus amen hey man brother I feel the presence of God in this studio Woo, Jesus Come on. hope you feel God's presence out there tonight 
Um, it's been an amazing night. Mason, thank you for coming on BGTV, our first guest here on BGTV. Hey, I'm honored. Oh, man. Well, I'm honored. And I just want to say thank you for coming out tonight and being a part of this and for all that you mean to me, to Haley, and to so many more people out there. Keep going for the Lord. Keep going after him with all that you have. And, uh, man, keep remembering that this world is distracting. And we got to keep yes. our eyes on Jesus and that nothing else matters but spreading the gospel. I love you, buddy. Yeah. Hope you have a great night. Thanks for coming on, and we'll see you next week. Love y'all. Yes, sir. Love you, buddy. So thank you tonight for tuning in to BGTV. We meet every Sunday night at 7 p.m. So make sure you tune in.